Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new podcast on this network that I'm starting called Project Mix Mixcast. I know it's a hard name to say, but I'm getting used to it. And today, uh, like I said, a new podcast. This has been an experience because I always wanted to talk about this with, with somebody. So here we are. Let me introduce you to my co-host for this before I even say the title of the show. Here we have David B. David B., welcome aboard on this adventure with me. Hey man, I'm I'm legitimately excited to start this. I've I've been meaning for the longest time to try to get into these films and I've always wanted to start with the original. Uh so I am legit very excited for this endeavor. Especially with you, man, because you're such a you're legit I know we always like for anybody who listens to the other podcasts we do our movie commentaries and the uh in, into the grid podcast I've been on, we usually just kinda like I guess bag on each other a little bit on those podcasts, but I am legitimately excited to start this with you, man. I I couldn't think of a better person to do this with, so I'm happy to be here. Legitimately, no sarcasm whatsoever. Sarcasm will come later, I guarantee it. But for right now, pure genuine emotions. I'm legit excited. So for those listening, David, would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so my name is David. I go on by the internet's as David B. Uh, I am a full time musician. A uh, composer and a producer, uh, the official composer for the movie trivia Schmodown. If uh, if you guys don't know what that is, it's uh, we always like to say it's a it's a cross between uh, Jeopardy and wrestling, except of fighting. It's movie trivia matches, just two competitors or or two teams of two going at each other, seeing who knows the most about certain movies. Uh, it's very fun. I recommend it, especially if, if obviously if you're listening to us talking about Godzilla. You obviously have some sort of affinity for movies. And I highly recommend checking that out. It's really fun. Uh, there's there's storylines, but the trivia and the sports aspect of it is real. We got podcasts talking about the numbers and the statistics. We got a bunch of competitors. We have a bunch of divisions. There's a Star Wars division, an inner geekdom division, where it's just MCU, DC movie stuff of that nature. And of course, we have uh, singles champion and ta and tag team champions, where it's all that's like a like a a broad movie trivia knowledge it's really fun and i'm starting to write music for all the competitors and uh yeah and also too uh i'm based off in houston so uh right now we're we're filming this in the in the mists of covid but usually if uh if you're around this area you can usually find me around town playing with some kind of big band usually conrad johnson or maybe new band uh, new uh, new order big band or occasionally playing some country gig somewhere so uh yeah that's who i am <laughs> oh and uh uh, and I'm a huge time nerd. I don't know if you guys can tell, because uh, I'm here, super excited to start my kaiju adventures. And I know it's called yes. kaiju, so yes, you definitely are a nerd now for saying that. Yeah. I'm just myself, kaiju. Yeah. That's the genre yeah. we're gonna be a dive into. Kaiju. I'm so um, excited, and and then I, I I I'm calling it Godzilla, but I know technically speaking, it's Gojira, G O G I R A. That's what they pronounce it in Japan, yes. where Godzilla originates from. But um. But yeah, I know it's Gojira, but just because I'm in the States currently, I'm going to probably bounce between Godzilla and Gojira. Most likely say Godzilla the most. And I know a little bit of Japanese. Very little. I don't yeah. know any Japanese, and I'll probably mispronounce a lot of Japanese names in the process if I choose to pronounce them to <laughs> the credit. We'll go back and forth. We'll go back and forth. Like, the little bit of Japanese I know is obviously like, uh, uh, Konnichiwa, Domo Arigato Gozaimasu, and then like... Uh, Obviously, I I don't know why I, I know this line, but uh, for any of you anime heads out there, Umairumo Shinderu, which translates to, you're already dead. 
<laughs> yeah, I, so I'm 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 a slight I'm a slight uh weeb, so uh, so yeah, I've only got into the genre uh honestly, I've only seen the I I I think I've seen only one Japanese Godzilla film. Mm-hmm. And and that's the 1991 Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Mm. Um but then I got into the American adaptations, which uh, Roland Emmerich's uh, Godzilla from '98. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have I have thoughts about that, but we'll get there when we get there. And yeah, we'll yeah we'll get we'll get there, folks. Just give us time, but we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there, folks. But then the most recent MonsterVerse Godzilla films with Godzilla 2014 mm-hmm. and last year's Godzilla King of Monsters. So I'm excited just to dive deep into this genre of kaiju films with Godzilla in particular for now. We'll get into the other subset films in, in the franchise, like, you know, like Mothra or like King Ghidorah or any other like monsters associated with Godzilla. Mm-hmm. We got to go with the first OG granddaddy of mm-hmm. all Godzilla mm-hmm. because it's all where it started from 1954. Yeah, I've I don't think I've ever seen there's a few films from 1950s I've seen. So this would be my first 1950s film. So. This is the original Japanese film. They did release it in the United States, but they did a few things with it to make it work for the U.S. They actually recorded new footage for it and inserted it into the film. I think Raymond Burr, if I'm correct, was inserted into the film just to have like Americanized context that's, to the film. That, that sounds like something America would do. Like, uh, This movie has too many Japanese people in it. Let's throw in a good old American boy, especially during the 1950s where, uh, I mean, let's face it, uh, America wasn't so kind to the Japanese people in and around World War II. So, but surprising they brought this film over to the States now I'm thinking about it, considering all the uh, prejudices of the time. Historically speaking, right, we kind of have to also think about the film in context and culturally speaking of where we were as a nation during that time and as a nation, right, uh, there was just a lot of prejudices and discrimination, uh, unfortunately, right? It's just, it's part of our culture. It's part of our yeah. history and a little bit part of our culture too. But um, yeah, the fact the fact that, that this film made it over to the States though kind of like really cements its legacy and how good of a film it is to where collectively, whoever it may be, right? But collectively, some Americans thought this film is worthy of showing it here. Based on the little bit that I know of this movie, I'm very excited to see it just because I know this movie is supposed to be like a like a, like a huge uh, metaphor, analogy. I don't know which word it is, but it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be like it like it's about Hiroshima and like the bombs that we that the US dropped on Japan during World War II. Yes. Right? Yeah, you're actually spot on. That's that's exactly what this film is representing. It's very historical in that context. It's very interesting how it starts that way and then ends up in the weird and wild path it goes after this. Um, <laughs> yeah, which which is uh, I'm so excited for that too. Because uh, um, again, and this is another, I'm bringing up something else that we'll get to when we get to. But uh, Shin Godzilla, for anyone who hasn't seen it, right? It's very much like of its time, and it also is kind of like a cut. This is the word I'm looking for. It's a commentary on on Japan. And Japan politics is specific, kind of like how this Godzilla that we're about to watch is a commentary on like Japan and what happened during World War II, and now like the effect that had on that on that nation during that time. So, 
Okay, yeah, I just want to give you guys context on the American version. I, I was just like off the top of my head, but now I got some footage. footage. I got some knowledge for you guys, information. So they released it as Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Funny enough, so that's the original. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's kind of thing. Uh, it was actually released a couple years later after the original Japanese footage in 1956. I was right, Raymond Bird, Burr. Raymond Burr was a Canadian actor, uh, was interacting with body doubles mixed with the footage of the Japanese. They actually mm. trimmed down the original to about 80 minutes. Ooh. But Ooh. they, yeah, many of the film's political themes were trimmed and removed completely. So, uh, again, yeah. that, that sounds very atypical of America during the time. Yep. Which, which is like, it's unfortunate, but luckily, uh, nowadays we could actually see the film in its original intended format so indeed that's why i want to mention it now because we're not watching that we're watching the original japanese film and cool enough is that the criterion collection has all these films of the showa era which is like this early era of godzilla films on dvd and blu-ray mm -hmm. uh which you can just definitely check out probably on the criterion channel as well so we got a copy of the film, and we're just going to dive into it because we are Men Among Monsters. Hey, everybody. We just finished watching Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Gojira. Um, and I have... I have a lot of thoughts man uh i think i think obviously first off we should we should both say just immediate thoughts obviously if we liked it or if we disliked it someone ask you for first mike did you like the film uh for something that was made in the 50s it's a spectacular thing to watch it really is it takes a while to get into because for me i'm coming in because I'm a huge fan of Godzilla and all the destruction. That doesn't come into like the second half of the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, it's basically all about, you know, the people of Japan. Certain characters will pop up. You, you get attached to them. You see their, you know, but I liked it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you can't, you can't go into a film like this, something made in the 1950s with like a, two, a 2020 mindset. You know what I mean? Like you kind of, you kind of have to have into consideration, like, the era that it was made, the technology that they had at the time, uh, the sound design, the way movies were produced, uh, mm -hmm. and all that being said, man, it is it is honestly a spectacular feat of cinema for the 1950s. I was legit in awe. As, as, I, I'm sure you heard me. There's a couple of times I was like, "Holy shit!" They were able to film that 1950s. Yeah. I was just like, it was so it was so well made. Not to say that everything holds up. I have, I have a few points where I'm like, eh, that doesn't hold up now, but, <laughs> but, um, but the miniature work is so good. Like I was legit. I mean, there's, there's certain shots where you clearly can tell it's miniature work, but that being right. said, like, I, I, I try to imagine if I was like in 1950s and I was watching this, I'd be like, holy shit, they really destroyed a village. Holy shit. They really destroyed helicopters and tanks. You know what I mean? And there's yep. there's there's one scene in particular like yeah the destruction doesn't really come into like the kind of the later end of the second act I would say but yeah. this the scene that I was like legit like wow how'd they do that for 1950s 
was when uh, Godzilla destroys the village, the little the little fish village mm-hmm. on the beach, and you see the guy in the house, and like the house is coming crashing down around him, and you see Godzilla walking outside. I was like, holy shit! Like that's really good. Like for 1950s, that looks that looks really good. Like if I was watching this film during that time, I'd be like, holy shit, this is real. Like I'd be freaking out. So. Yeah, I like I I love it actually. I really I really love it. I'm in shock of how much I'm like I was watching it. There's moments I was like, "Holy shit, I'm legit watching like a legit masterpiece of cinema." Like and just just, just to think of like how this movie influences so many movies after it. How like not not just including Godzilla, right? Cuz like even the modern day Godzilla is still very much it's obvious to me now how much reverence they have for this Godzilla and how they really yep. They really try try to take to the to I guess the mythos of who or what Godzilla is. I mean, I was I was kind of expecting it to kind of have almost the same vibe that Shin Godzilla had, where it was like it's not so much about Godzilla per se. Godzilla is this cause or this 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 thing. I don't know. I don't know. A Deus Machina, I guess we could kind of say. I don't know if that applies, but he's just this. He's he's just this this literal natural disaster right he has no personality he's not really a character it's just destruction some shit's going down because it's here and it's just about how the people uh react to it how the government reacts to it the politics behind trying to figure out what to do about it and um like the i'm i'm so shocked about the moral themes in the film man like i am legit yeah i love it yeah i'm i'm rambling a little bit I'm just I'm really in love. With, I'm really in love with this film, man. I really yeah. want to get into it. I really love it. Yeah, there's just so much to like cover. Like I'm watching this in the 2020 mindset. I'm thinking, shit, this is like what we're going through right now without a monster. Yeah, yeah it's so like, it's it's so heavy. Like it is. It's such a heavy film. I'm I'm legit just like like damn. No wonder Americans. Like American studio thoughts are like, yeah, we gotta lighten this shit up. It's it's too dark, <laughs> you know. Like yeah. it's so, it's so heavy, dude. Like the themes of it. Oh my god, I gotta talk about the scene in the second act when Godzilla's destroying like Tokyo Bay. I think it is right, Tokyo Bay. Sounds about and, right. Yeah. And and you see the mom with with the kids. Yes. And and, it, and, and the mom just says, "We'll be joining. We'll be joining Daddy soon. We're going where Daddy is." Now I was just in my head going like. Holy shit! They went there. Nineteen, well, 1954, right? If I remember correctly. Yep. Yep. Like 1954, they fucking, they don't show it obviously because during this time you can't really get that gratuitous with your violence. But I was like, I was, I was like, God damn, like that hurt. That legit, I legit turned up. I'm not even. I, I don't know if you heard me <laughs> while we were watching it. I went, I went, oh shit, and then I got really quiet. <laughs> yeah, it was just, oh. Uh... <laughs> I I was just I wasn't on most of the time. I was like ooh ah e ah, but it's just uh, yeah. Oh man, it's such experience just to sit there and take it all in because it has all the deep meanings and you know what's going on in Japan at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the characters, the human characters, you kind of get attached to. I mean, depending on who you talk about. I mean, that basically Godzilla shows up. They try to figure out how to get rid of it, you know, how to kill it. There's 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 one 
character who's like a paleontologist or a zoologist. It depends on what they say because we got confused yeah. about that point. But yeah. he, uh, he's I like, get... I, I don't want to kill it. He wants to try yeah. to like do study research on study yeah, it. Study it, yeah. Yeah. And, so, but literally everyone else is like, motherfucker, he's killing our family and friends, and he destroyed our home. Let's fucking kill it. Like literally, he's like the only guy. That's like, I want to, we should study it. But even, even that fact, based on the character that he is, it's not coming from a, a place of selfishness as a paleontologist, zoologist. I'm guessing he's both because the subtitles say he's both. So he's just both, right? He just loves animals and historic. He just loves animals. It's, it's basically like his shtick. But even the reasoning behind it is he's also saying like, like Godzilla survived radiation. Like we should study him so that we can learn how to how we can survive radiation because the H bomb is still out there. That's another thing too. Like the the movie to me kind of it doesn't it doesn't go over the line, but it really rides that line of like being on nose sometimes about its message. But I I think it doesn't ever go over the line. Like it it all relates back to like what Japan and like. The culture of fears and everything they went through through the H bomb, like dropping on on Hiroshima, right? And mm -hmm. um, I always forget the second city. I'm a terrible individual. Yeah, it starts with the Y. <sighs> oh fuck, I can't even think of it either. I can't think of it right now. Everyone remembers Hi Hiroshima. Oh Hiroshima. Yeah. There's a second town though. I know there's a second town, and I'm a terrible person for not remembering. And I apologize for being ignorant and stupid and selfish. Yeah, like his, his reasoning behind it. I, I always forget. The scientist's name. Everyone just calls him Professor, and Imako's dad. I remember Imako, but um, <laughs> and who who am I going to get to? By the way, because I have issues with that character. But oh, jeez, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just one. It's just one main issue, and it's very like it's okay. very it's very tropey. Yeah, his whole reasoning be behind studying the wanting to study the monsters isn't purely selfish reasons. Like he wants to prevent another radi radiate another nuclear fallout, essentially. Well, everyone else's reasoning is all so you go, you kind of go like, okay, I get it. Like, I understand where you're coming from, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. But at the same time, literally everyone else, and you kind of understand their point, like, no, we got to get rid of it. Like, it's literally ruining our lives. So, and ah, yeah, I'm just gushing, dude. I love this film. I could literally talk about this all night. You got to hone me in, man. This is what we're doing this for. I just ramble. I'm improvising, baby. I'm jazz, you know? That, that I'm, I'm not stopping you because it's all <laughs> I want to hear. It's all I want to hear because I have like, I have like nothing. Like I'm just flabbergasted. Like I don't. For me, like the themes and then the the build up and then what they do and it's just my mind can't process all of it at once. Just after so, watching it, it's such a it's such a dense film. Like it is. It's like we were saying. It's like it's it has so many. It has so many themes. It does so well. And it's it's really it's heavy. It's a little dark. And it's so dense. Like for being nineteen fifties, it's definitely it's like, it's, yeah. I don't know how else to describe it, listener. It's it's a dense film. Like I oh, I can't I can't recommend this enough to anybody. Like you gotta watch this film if you love cinema. Like if you're legit, just like you just love movies, this is one you kind of have to go watch. It's like a good like history lesson, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh God, yeah, I could gush about it all day, but let's try to be a little bit. Let's try to be a little bit unbiased, right? Look at it through a critical eye. 
the, uh, I clearly stated earlier that I have some problems with it, but I want to ask you, Mike, first, if you had any problems with it whatsoever. And I, I think the first question I want to ask, like, before we get into the, the nitty gritty, right, the, the details and everything, what did you think of the plot or how'd you feel? Uh, of how'd you feel about the film as a whole? Was it cohesive? Do you feel like it lacked certain parts? Do you feel like the story uh, was a little slow, or do you feel it was it was just perfect? Like the pace was great because the movie is only like ninety minutes, ninety six yeah. minutes. Yeah, it's not a long yeah. film. No, it's not. It it goes by uh, pretty quick if you're watching it straight through. The story, God, it's just it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> i know i know you're gonna, have, you're gonna have a fun time editing editing this one man i i this could be so interesting to figure out how to do this so the way it's set up i mean okay i'm gonna try to be as honest as possible because some characters i didn't really care i just mm. want for i'm the type of person that i just want to get straight into like seeing the creature seeing the creature in action get to the the city destroying and then the resolve it that's it i kind of don't care about what happens with the characters it depends on how deep it goes like there's some characters like characters i do appreciate you know they try to do research they try to figure out how to resolve it that's that's fine but everything else is just like why am I why am I watching your story? Why is this happening? It just happens because it's in the period of, you know, during this time in the 50s and you know you we understand that the H bomb is there, radiation's there and we have to be cautious and like I said before, this is like if you're watching this in 2020, this is making you think about what's happening now with mm -hmm. the pandemic and how people are going crazy over something happening in our world of course we don't have a monster but this virus we have is kind of like equivalent of a giant monster you know we're trying to resolve the issue we're trying to you know find a way to get rid of it and find a way to you know take care of the people who are affected by it and with godzilla people are trying to you know figure a way to kill it and try to you know help japan you know get people to safety and health and etc it just for me it makes me think and after watching this film especially if you go straight into the thoughts like this i really need to process this a lot longer than right after watching the movie <laughs> <laughs> it, it's 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 one of these type of films you watch in film school or film class for mm -hmm. college and it, it'll you, you could write like a whole essay on this you could write like fully detailed thoughts that way like damn i was just it is such a good movie and i and i, and I know why criterion has it available to watch on criterion channel and available on dvd and blu-ray it is phenomenal yeah it, it's essential it's an essential movie like like, like you can argue like subjectivity of art and like um is art essential or not i think it is i mean i don't know if you could really argue it. art is kind of essential it kind of gets our life meaning in a lot of ways um but that's a topic for another day but uh this is an essential film like it's like take away like the historical significance of it 
just the story of it the 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 like like you right like like talking about the modern day godzillas like that's a lot of the big issue a lot of people had with like 20 2014's godzilla right was like get to godzilla and you we don't we don't see godzilla to like what end of the second act kind of in that film pretty much yeah. two-thirds of the film through we get like a legit view of him right and then godzilla king of the monsters the the remake not uh, the the new one, right? I guess we yeah, make that yeah, 2019 that film. film. Yeah, that 2019 film. film. Yeah, we get kaiju's right off the get go from that film, right? And that movie's just—I mean, it is what it is. I love it, but it's just big dumb fun. It's just monsters yep. fighting each other and people getting wrecked. Yeah, but but we have to. That's what, again. That's what it was like. I try really hard knowing that I'm watching an old film like this. Mm -hmm. I try to take away that 2020 perspective and be yep. like, this this isn't what you're expecting. This was completely original. This was brand new. Like nothing like this was ever made prior to this film being made specifically in that time period, right? It kind of it kind of helps to kind of going into it. No, I've never seen this original film, and if I have, I don't have vivid memories of it because I could see how, as like as a kid, I would find this significantly boring because Godzilla does Godzilla doesn't do shit. He just walks around literally. <laughs> Well, well, and he opens his mouth and wags his tail a little bit. But, but honestly speaking, right? When you, when you think of what Godzilla means, it's this giant monster who fights other monsters, who destroys giant cities, right? Yeah. In the context of this film, he doesn't do that. You know, he's not fighting another monster, and and even even him destroying the city and destroying like Japan and Tokyo, he, I don't know. Like they always portrayed it as like he's not doing it out of malice or vicious he's not really going out of his way for it you know what i mean it's just like you guys woke him up so now he's up and he's yeah up and, and he's up and around that's literally it like he's just up and around because you guys and and that's that's a point the movie drives home it's like it's like we are doing nuclear testing and we woke godzilla up we're yep. doing we're doing something unnatural and we disrupted the natural order of things and now we have this issue because we've been fucking around with things we shouldn't be fucking around with and that's yep. why Godzilla's here. And Godzilla's just a he's just a, a force of nature. He's just literally in this film, literally, he's just walking around. But just just it's it's just the fact that he's such a massive thing, a massive entity, that of course this thing walking around just destroys everything. Ah, I'm I'm and I'm remembering like that scene in the second act when he's when the city's freshly destroyed and everything's on fire. And yeah. you see, like you see, like the fires burning in the background. The silhouette of Godzilla. Yep. And they have the people on the street too. The shot's so good for 1950, dude. It's a well-composed shot where you have Godzilla in the background. All you see is the silhouette. You see the fires burning, and you see people watching it happen. You're like, holy shit! They're like, ah, it's so good. Okay. I. What was my question that I asked you? Um. Oh, oh. just it was. Any, I didn't. Any, I didn't even. Any problems with the film? I'm just gonna say that. Any problems with the film? Oh, you see, I didn't even answer the question you even asked. <laughs> I went over. I went somewhere else with it. So wait, wait, we're just, okay, we're so. just we're just gushing, which is fine. Yeah, like, we, just, we, yeah. Literally, we literally just watched it and we're gushing because this is a, this is a film that deserves to be gushed. But again, we're, let, let's yeah. try let's try to let's try to woo saw ourselves and like, do you do you, did you find something you didn't like about it? How about that? I think that's better worded. Um. I can start I, if you want me to to give you time to think. <laughs> well, see, I, I there's nothing wrong with the film. There's no problems with it. There's nothing. The film, from 
beginning to end, it has no issues. I just, maybe it's my mindset when it comes to older movies. Maybe it's the characters. Maybe, I don't know. It's just like, my, I wasn't like attached to it. Like, I was like, maybe my mind was like thinking about the other informational stuff about what's happening at the time. And I had to separate from mine. I'm not going to blame like the cheap. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say cheap because I will give you some facts about the production and shit like that. But it's um, special effects are pretty cool at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I, I have no problems with it whatsoever, to be honest. Like, All right, I I'll thought, be... I thought, yeah, yeah no, no, go for it, go for it, go for it. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of one single problem with it whatsoever. I, I think it's a solid, solid movie. There's like, depends on the viewer, to be honest, and how they think about it and how they process the film. Everyone's going to be different about that. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you, you can't, you can't account for taste for each individual, right? Yeah. Okay, I did say earlier I had a problem with Emiko. Yeah. And it's just really, it's not a problem per, per se. It's its more of a fact, like, it's very clearly a movie of its time. Mm-hmm. Where she's clearly the damsel. You know what I mean? Like, she does the overdramatic, ah! and then she starts crying, and she falls on the floor, or she falls on the desk. She starts crying really loudly. That was like, she does it a lot. She does, she does it like, like, like six times in the film. And it's a little much sometimes. I'm just like, we get it you're emotional like you know what i mean but at the same at the same time like i get that was just that's part of the era that's acting in 1954 that's probably acting in 1954 japan so it's like i can't be too overly critical of that but that being said it doesn't age well in my opinion that that one aspect right yeah and and i and there's probably things i don't like personally but i can't say it's it's a flaw of the film if that makes sense, like I personally don't care about the love angle, the little love triangle thing they kind of sort of allude to. You know yeah, what I'm talking same. about? Same. Same. Yeah. I, I, I understand I kinda, what you mean. I kind of don't care. Like, yeah. I, I, I understand why they did it. They're, they're trying to humanize the characters so we can care about them and care about the outcome of it, of their lives, right? Because they're all in danger and they're all actively trying to do something about Godzilla. But I just, I'm just like, I don't care about the love angle. Like, and honestly, like again, this is where you you just can't help but view things from your lens, from your perspective, right? I'm just like, if we're legit in the middle of a of a crisis like that, right? A legit like like immediate crisis. How I, I I don't think anybody would be concerned about relationships at that point. You just kind of be concerned about a surviving, making sure the people you love are sur- are surviving, and and like, what are we doing about the damn thing? You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't really have time to be like. Oh hey, I know there's like a monster outside our window destroying the city, but let me talk to your your dad about asking him if I can marry you. Like, you know, it's just like, no, dude, run! Like Godzilla's coming. So I don't know. That was like the. I get why the film does it in the context of the era and the context of the film. It wants you to care about these characters. I'm like, hey, they're humans. They love. They eat. They sleep just like you. And there's this thing, right? And but, I just kind of like, yeah. I, I, Eh, eh. That's all I can say about that. Um, is there anything else I didn't like? No, not really. No, <laughs> that's pretty much. It was just Emiko and that love triangle. Emiko's like overreaction to everything, and 
Oh, not everything. I'm being a dick now. Cause she, there's some there's some moments where she's very poignant, like the the hospital scene when she picks up the little girl after like they carry her mother away, and she's just kind of like distraught. Just like this sucks. I was like, ooh, that's really good. Yeah. So I, I don't completely hate the characters. Just those moments of like, like be really, be really emotional. Okay. Ah! <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's it's like over dramatic. It's sometimes like yeah, it's thank her. you. Yeah, it's over dramatic. It's just like, oh no. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, cover your eyes. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. They turned from fish to not fish. (laughs) And that and and that scene was just so interesting because they teased that at the beginning, or not in the beginning, but like towards the middle of the film, and they don't show it to the audience. It's like she freaks out. It's like, what? What? Wait, what is the thing that he? created what are the what's the thing in the tank and then later on they flash back to it showing what they put in the tank and it it does the thing and it's the oxygen destroyer mm-hmm. you know that's what it's, it's called the oxygen destroyer and i don't know and her reaction does not match up with what happens in the tank it's it's she over she's like it's a little over, much so much like i was the way she reacted i was legit expecting the fish to be turned inside out I thought it was just to be like an explosion or something, just like a yeah. flash, and then all of a sudden it's like skeleton bones, which kind of happens at the end with the Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, get rid of him. Which is which is interesting. I know. Yeah, I know the second movie explains that away, but yeah, keep going. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I with that ending, I don't know even how they do the sequel. How do they bring? How does he come back? That's so interesting. That's like because they vaporized them basically, and he's just bones, and all of a sudden it disappears. Like I, how the fuck? I'm not saying I know. I'm just saying I read somewhere that they kind of explain it. Whether you believe the explanation or, or not, it's kind of uh, up to, to okay. you. Well, we'll get that's, into that's that. All, that. That's all I've read. I look, guys. I've only read comments about Godzilla movies. I've besides the the recent American two. And uh, 1999's Godzilla, and uh, a couple of Godzilla films. I don't know what their names are, but I know I watched Godzilla films as a kid. I I'm in this to learn. So, but yeah. Yes, Sam. Yeah, man. God, it's really hard to find. I'm being nitpicky. Like I'll openly admit that I'm being very nitpicky for the sake of being nitpicky. That being said, it's really hard to find faults with this film. Like it legit is hard because everything makes sense in the movie sets up a lot of things very well it sets up a zarazawa's arc you know what i mean where he's like he 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 tells like he he only tells imiko about the oxygen destroyer right and he's like and because of the trauma of the h-bomb he's like i can't let the world know about this because they'll just use it as a weapon and we, the world doesn't need another weapon out there it just doesn't and it's such a beautiful poignant line and it's, it almost comes off in the film like a throwaway line, but it's set up so well in the third act where he goes like, I'll never tell anybody. I, I, I'd just as soon kill myself than let this get in the wrong hands. And it's like, okay. And then like the ending and how he like, just to make sure that he can't even be coerced into making the weapon again. He's like, I got to stay here with, ah, oh, so good. He stays with the oxygen destroyer to make sure like, A, it kills Godzilla, but two, to make sure that Again, yeah, it never falls into the wrong hands. He's not going to be used in that way. He'd rather, again, kill himself than let this fall out into the world. 
And yep. the movie doesn't explain it, but you, you get the sense that he accidentally made it, right? It wasn't on purpose him making this. Cause that's yeah. what I got. That's what I got from the film. Who we was saying that like, he was just researching oxygen and he came about this oxygen destroyer. Yeah, he can't can't kind of like try to figure out how to. Yeah, it was just interesting how they came came to that conclusion. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was I wasn't even expecting that at all. I thought there was gonna be like some way to. I don't know. I mean, it is a good question though. How do you kill Godzilla? I mean, but that was just the thing. The oxygen just oxygen destroyer just takes the oxygen and destroys it, so we couldn't breathe or. You know, yeah, just I guess I guess technically speaking, the oxygen story is an actual Deus Machina, right? It's a convenient plot point. How do we go, how do we get rid of Godzilla? Oh, this thing that kills everything in water. Oh, okay. Yeah. Basically. But again, just... but again, this is before a time before Deus Machinas were a, a thing, I would say. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Ugh. Damn. Yeah, it's just I'm watching this and, you know, some characters pop up and there's like this one point where you meet the doctor who does the create the oxygen destroyer and he's wearing his sunglasses and he has an eye patch on. Yeah, the most inconvenient thing to do. Like, like, why would you wear sunglasses with an eye patch? Even if you can see one through one eye. Like, I'm, not, I'm nitpicking at that one point, but it's just like. Would you See, want to like have a, have like a monocle with sunglasses? <laughs> yeah, eye patch or something like. And I don't know if you remember, but this is this is my twenty twenty brain because immediately when I see him, I think, oh, he's a bad guy, and I immediately said, oh, that he doesn't look nefarious, and it turns out he yeah. wasn't. He was actually a really no. good guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're so commonly associating, you know, eye patches with you know just pirates bad or, or bad guys in general so but this just flipped it around completely it's just like oh okay something happened to him during the war world i war, guess yeah during world war ii where he lost his eye i like i guess that's that that happens so i have i wasn't expecting that and and he just damn and he's i mean his arc alone is actually a good highlight of the film i mean like i said there's like only a couple of characters that i kind of attached to but the rest of the characters just i don't give a fuck mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's just that because it's it's that guy and then like we talked about the um pantologist because he's just like cares about animals and godzilla and he's just he's just that old guy just playing everything to the audience and the crowd like there's a couple assemblies where he just he talks about uh how godzilla's like a dinosaur from two million years ago and the it was jurassic, interesting jurassic period yeah. right he keeps saying jurassic animal jurassic. jurassic yeah yeah but then i think he said cretaceous period was when there's a there was like a something mutation going on going on some creature in underwater and then you know cut to now where the atomic bomb and they blast boom 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 and Godzilla just took his form. Yeah, it's interesting. And the way I, the way I, man, this just makes me want to watch this film again, which I do not mind. Yeah, it, it, I, it's. I, more... I took it as like, because because they're in the village and, they, and the 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 paleontologist in Miko's dad. I'm, I'm so sad. I forgot the man's name. But he's in the foot. He's in one of the the footprints, of uh of Godzilla, right? And they and they yeah. find out it has radiation, and then he finds the uh the uh shit that fucking animal 
it's God. Trilobite. Yeah, something like that, right? From the crustacean, yeah. it's the crustacean period. Yeah. And he goes like, these animals were thought to be extinct. And and essentially the way I thought he explained it was that essentially Godzilla was in some kind of cavern. Yeah, that, that's what that, he's explaining. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that essentially, like, it was, just, it was just dirt from over the thousands and thousands and millions of years just kind of covered over it. And because we kept testing hydrogen bombs in the ocean, we opened up one of the caverns, essentially yep. releasing Godzilla into our, our present day. Or in this yeah, case, present day Japan, right? Yeah, that's that's what I got from it too. Because yeah, mm-hmm. like 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 this, you know, giant lizard. You know, he was in that cavern. You know, just doing his whole thing, and he, and then yeah, opens up that cavern, and everything inside, you know, including him, just got out because of the yeah. bombing. Well, yeah, was, uh, so poignant. It's like it's like we cause our own destruction, whether we really realize it or not. Ugh. Yeah. Ah, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm just we're just gushing, man. We should. Yeah. We should find an an uh, an end point soon. <laughs> um, this is this is really good. I'm sure. Moving forward, it's gonna get really ridiculous, which I'm also not gonna lie, looking very very forward to. That being said, like, I'm pleasantly surprised by how poignant this movie is. And like, and the effects and the miniature work, the acting, even even sometimes there is like the occasional overacting. A lot of the time, it's very very good acting, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I didn't talk about this. I really love the the score. Yes, I would love the, to say that. Yeah, the score is amazing. The score really sets up Godzilla. It's not it's not an overly expansive score. Like, there's very clearly uh, like pieces are being reused over and over again that being said like the music is written very very well and it's so cool to see how like the iconic motifs of godzilla still hold out through today like obviously godzilla godzilla's wars roars one thing right but the whole like the beating of the drum whenever godzilla was near there's a do yeah do do and then like the horn orchestra i was like wow the score is actually Whoever wrote this fuck like fucking went hard on the score in 1954, dude. Like, God bless. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what I want to do now is actually go a little bit about notes and trivia, just to give you some, you know, thought process of the production and behind the scenes. Brilliant. Just a li- little bit, a little bit, because we could ramble on more about the film in general, yeah. but it's just like we're kind of going in circles in a way, and it's yeah. just. Yeah, which I think, I, which I want to do. Don't get me wrong, but I'm thinking about you, the listener who's listening to this. I'm pretty sure you don't want to keep hearing us saying how much we love the film. I'm pretty sure you get how much we love the film. <laughs> yeah, you get the point. It's like yeah. you should definitely watch it. Period. End of story. So this this at the time of the release, this was the most expensive Japanese film ever made. The combined yeah. production of both this film and Seven Samurai in 1954 almost plunged toho into bankruptcy but both films ended up being being big hits at the box office yeah of course literal masterpieces yes so uh which would be interesting double featured though seven seven samurai with godzilla same Mm -hmm. year interesting Mm -hmm. very interesting another thing that i took away from it was the roar uh they tried to combine 
Animal Roars, but they couldn't uh, really find something to match. And the composer didn't want to involve animal samples, so he took a string off his contrabass and rubbed it with leather gloves soaked in pine tar. And that sound came from that. Just taking that glove with the pine tar against the string, and that's where the roar came from. I'm going to try that out one day. Just get a thick bass string and just pine tar on a glove. It, it it might be interesting to see if you can recreate it or not. Um, it's very interesting. Okay. It's so another, iconic. That's like... Yeah. It's so... That Godzilla's roar is so iconic. Like, it's it's still it's still used today. Like, there's still, there's still echoes of it in today's Godzilla. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They originally wanted to do stop motion. Like... You know, mm. like King Kong. And then actually there was a film that came out a few years prior called The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, mm. um, which did the same process. But they said, no, it, it would take seven years to make it, you know. But so they created something called Suitmation, where they have a guy in a suit. He was like, I think the suit was like six foot two six or three and actually weighed over 200 pounds Oof! and its suit was like brown but of course it's black or white so you couldn't see the brown so i will i will say this too now that i'm remembering uh godzilla shot in the daytime doesn't hold up looks goofy as fuck godzilla shot in the nighttime scary as shit so angles and lighting dude because the nighttime scenes, Godzilla was horrifying. But the first time we see Godzilla on the hill, you can clearly see that it's that like it's some kind of like hand puppet almost. And I was like, ooh, uh, yeah, it doesn't hold up quite as quite as well. As that. It is a puppet. Uh, yeah. Being okay. Used. See, I called it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the electric towers that Godzilla melts with his radioactive radioactive breath, mm-hmm. those were made out of wax. That scene was gnarly, dude. The special effects crew melted them away by blowing hot air on them, as well as shining hot studio lights on them for the white hot effect. Ooh, yeah, it was. Oh, the, like, I mean, it's so simple because you don't see the 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 breath. Like, it's just a basic breath, like a like a white smoke breath from Godzilla, and it's like effective to see he blows on something, and then flames like will kind of climb over to like you know, the building or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's and there's one point where <laughs> it cuts to a shot of people on the ground and he's blowing his breath on them. And they're just oh, like, yeah. and it's so brutal to see him like being destroyed like that. Oh, God, that's like, scene, the, like oh. I, you, you and I both went like, whoa, what the heck? Like, and like, obviously it's not, again, they can't get overly grotesquely violent in the film because they, they obviously don't have the means for it, right? But can you imagine them doing that kind of scene today? Like, it would literally be like the scene from Terminator 2, Sarah Connor's dream, where, like, the bomb goes off, and you just so slowly see, like, all the flesh being peeled off for her. Right. That would literally be modern-day Godzilla, Godzilla breathe, breath, uh, breath, breathe, breathed on them. Is that the right term? Oh, God, keep going, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Da, 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 da. What was it? Oh, so... You kept that saying throughout this whole thing was about imagine back in the day, you know, being in the theater watching this on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny thing is that 
during Godzilla's rampage through downtown Tokyo, one of the buildings he destroys is the Toho Theater. <laughs> and in fact, some fans who were watching the film in that theater actually thought the theater was being attacked and tried to run out of the theater. Oh, that's so good. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I I was like, holy shit. That's so awesome. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I would do. I mean, that's the magic of the movies. It's like, it's so realistic in a way. <laughs> Yet you have a guy in a suit being Godzilla but it's like but it, you're so sucked into it at that point when he's destroying the city it's like wait that's just outside the window yeah and you gotta remember the era too right like like nothing like this was made like obviously now because of like remastering in HD right. that we mm -hmm. could we could clearly see like the editing done on the film but if you if you go back to the projector of the time the resolution of the time and how things right. just look during that time period. Like we as human beings, and, and we also have like no, nothing to relate it to. You know what I mean? There's nothing that came before it. Like that was it. So of, of course you would fucking freak out and be like, holy shit, this is real. Like, like how long, like how many of us believed in Santa Claus or how, how, how long did it take for some of us who are wrestling fans to realize it's all predetermined? You know what I mean? Like, of course you would watch this film in 1954 and fucking freak out driving out of the theater. Like, of course. Yeah, I can see that. Totally. Yeah. It was so hot in the suit that the actor inside passed out. Ah. Yeah, it's also 200 pounds, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think... Uh... I do have a rating system for our podcast. And since uh, Godzilla is a threat among Japan, uh, we can definitely rate it by the threat levels when it comes to nuclear or any other situation in a country so there are like several color levels so i think there's five levels uh white is the base level which is zero which there won't be a no baseline so from it'd be green yellow orange red and black Black is like emergency, but I think with us, we're just going to go with co-red as being the highest of high when it comes to Godzilla films. Everything in between, like orange and yellow is like in between. Green is like the lowest of low. So I mean, white, yeah. I think I think in terms of like our system, right? I think I think white should be considered a system where it's like obviously baseline. There's no threat whatsoever, meaning that this movie is literally the lowest of the low in case sure. we reach that i'm not going to say not to include black but black would be considered perfection right it's like world domination the world's being destroyed like we're all yeah like this movie is just going to decimate everyone's uh lives um i don't know we might we might find it we might not but i don't want to completely sure. rule out black that being said i do agree that i think for the majority of these films we're going to probably stay in between those green, yellow, orange, and red. So once again, listener, just, just to recap, and I'm mostly saying this out loud for myself, to recap for myself. There's white, which is level zero. There's no threat whatsoever. There's green, which is level one. There's yellow, which is level two. Orange, which is level three. Red, which is level four. And then the ultimate uh, black nuclear apocalypse nuclear nightfall whatever level five but uh 
a movie has to be ah man literally perfect to be a level five and even that's going to be subjective so don't very much so don't look for that one too much i'm 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 thinking we're probably sticking the in the red orange yellow and green of it true so jefferson for the for the listeners out there uh you can play along with us that's our rating system colors and if you're colorblind uh i'm sorry I don't know what to tell you. Godzilla 1954. Is it considered black? You know what? Honestly, talking about black in the middle of it, my thought process was like, I think we should rate this one black. It's a masterpiece, man. It's 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 um, it's uh, it's ground zero for Godzilla, essentially, literally, right? Like no pun intended, but it's like everything comes out. Well, little pun intended, but literally everything kind of comes out from that. It's from that. 1954 godzilla like the seriousness and eventually like like the cheesiness and the schlock and like the fun and like all of that started there without that film we wouldn't have godzilla and then you even said too without that film toho probably would not have existed right because they really put all their money Mm. at the time behind that film so without that original godzilla like yeah we wouldn't be here talking about it so exactly you can you can make an argument that the 1954 Godzilla is, is level five. It's the, it's the granddaddy of them all. But I, I would say, I would say, yeah. I would say, yeah. It's going to be hard, though, for any movie to, to match that. Because how can you beat the first of anything, right? The original. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, it's, it's I, certainly possible, right? Yeah. But, I, I, it's, a, it's a high standard to start off with. So, yeah. It's it's gonna be interesting to see what other films kind of and our tastes are gonna be very different depending on what we watch in the near future because Oh, I already know that. Oh man, it's gonna be like we're just and we'll just have to like kind of like <laughs> compromise or just kinda of like have an in between like split on different colors and how we deceive it so or perceive it or whatever. So it just Needless to say, there would definitely be most likely a lot of difference of opinion. But yeah, at the same time, yeah. I I also feel like well, because we both we both I think it's fair to say we both love 1954 Godzilla. Yeah, for virtually the same reasons. Like we we were both kind of left in awe of it. So well, we'll also probably find a lot of common ground. We'll see. Dear listeners, thank you for listening to our ramblings about this great grand film of Godzilla as we uh, explore the world of godzilla because mm. because we are men among monsters after all so david it. <laughs> it's a nice try though <laughs> i'll figure david, it out david where can people find you oh man you can uh immediately find me here in my room being locked up uh socially you can find me at david b music 21 on twitter and instagram that's david b the letter b music and number 21 at in instagram and uh twitter which is what i said twice now just to further reiterate my point uh you can find me on youtube and uh, twitch tv at uh, david b music um yeah and you can officially officially Damn it. You can officially find me here on Ma'am, the podcast. <laughs> Ma'am. I like it. I like Ma'am, it. Ma'am, the podcast. Ma'am, the podcast.
Mind of the Pop Kairos. Um, yes, so you are listening to this on the Project Mix Cast Network, uh, where I'm giving you lots of exclusive new podcasts for you to listen to during this time of quarantine in 2020. Um, so this is one of the many to come out. Uh, if you want to follow any uh, updates regarding this network as we promote, I promote the episodes, you can check it out on Twitter at, at Project Mix Cast for sure. If you want to follow me personally, it's at Mike Mixtape. Yeah. We'll see you next time.